This is a Boardwalk Audio podcast. Hello, all you dumb nerds listeners out there. How's it going? I got a great episode for you today. My guest is Veronica Gruba, and we're talking about Christianity. It's a really nice conversation. We uh, we talk mostly about her experiences with it and the stuff she learned while she was practicing Christianity. And I learned a lot. And I don't know, it was a cool perspective to have because usually it's um, just go listen to it and enjoy it. Veronica is the co-host of the podcast, Who We Used to Be. It's a great podcast that talks about what, uh, who, who we used to be back in high school or, you know, who we used to be before we are in this very moment. It's great. It's on What's a Creative Network. I was recently a guest on it. So if you want to hear me talk about how much I hated high school and also my current obsession with learning about finances, check it out. You can also follow Veronica on Twitter at VTown. That's V for Veronica Town. And remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, please go to boardwalkaudio.com slash dumbnerds and click on that support our artist button and then go shop on Amazon. Also, what would be very super helpful is if you can go onto iTunes and please rate and review the Dumb Nerds podcast. It'll help us become more visible so you can nerd out with more Dumb Nerds listeners. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode on Christianity with Veronica Gruba. Cassie. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing so well. That's great. Yeah. How I are love you? that. I'm good. Good. Life feels good. Life I mean, it feels super great. sunny, but not hot yet. I'm just learning to really appreciate like the LA lifestyle, which is like, I literally just drove yeah. to your place from my friend's house where we were riding together. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what a lucky thing I get to do. Just like stump. I'm like writing a web yeah. series to recording a podcast meeting. later today. I'm going to go do an improv class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have, I woke up this morning. I got to sleep in. It's also Saturday, but I get to sleep in most of the time. That's yeah, like a great. major pro <laughs> to my career choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. So sleeping in, and then my favorite thing to do is I get a cup of coffee and I immediately just take it back to bed oh. and like drink coffee in bed and then just pet my cats and then read news or check my emails and just slowly start the day. And oh man, it, I'm gonna start doing it's that. so empowering. <laughs> like I feel like I'm in charge. It's my business. Yeah. <laughs> my office is my bed. <laughs> um, perfect. Yeah. And then and then ease into the day. So I did that this morning and then podcasting, improv show and work. It's it's a great, it's great, not so lucrative life. <laughs> I'm not making money for anything I'm doing today, but I feel great about it. Yeah, you should. Yeah, it's. I sold it's a cross stitch, which means I get some money this week. That's right. You do cross stitching via Etsy, right? I've actually or, never sold anything on Etsy. Okay. Everything I've sold has been through promoting it on Facebook. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. Which is dope because I yeah. paid. I got like 350 bucks off cross stitches in December, which was a huge relief. Yeah, because I didn't work very much in December. Uh huh. So I paid like and half then, my rent yeah yeah were you just making like christmas presents for yeah people? it was all christmas presents nice yeah nice. it was really nice i dig it and the one i made uh is an anniversary gift for a couple oh yeah i love it yeah that's so cool and it's like someone i've never met before which is exciting oh that is exciting mm-hmm. who knows you might be the next big cross-stitching i hope so uh, i hope every person that is in a relationship asks me to make one for them <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you not know what anniversary gift to get your boo? Cross-stitching cross by Veronica. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about cross-stitching. No. We're here to talk about Christianity. That's right. Why'd you pick the topic? <laughs> well, you asked me about things that I know a lot about. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm kind of a jack of all trades, and but like master Just of none. kind of knowing a bunch. I know a little bit yeah, about a lot of things. I, yeah. Yeah. I um, but I grew up in a very Christian household. And I still tried to find my path in Christianity throughout high school and college. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I think right before moving here that I was like, 
oh, God doesn't exist. <laughs> but, oh, uh, joke's on me. Yeah. Um, or, and I got, I was so turned off by Christianity that I like really tried to find ways to like, I was like, what am I doing wrong? I really wanted to believe in God. Mm-hmm. And so my life was, there was so many of these just like, I got to find the right church group. I got to find the right way of like the right denomination. Cause I must yeah. just be doing the wrong thing. If God exists, there must be a place for me in right. one of these uh, environments. So yeah, specifically you said you want to talk about Christian testimonies. Sure. Um, is when you say like, what am I doing wrong? Were you waiting for like a big sign from God? Yeah. Or, okay. The thing that made me think of it actually with Christian yeah. testimony. So I don't know if you know what a Christian testimony is. I was looking up a little bit and it reminds me, okay, what is a Christian testimony? Uh, Only a Christian can give a Christian testimony and a Christian is the one who has received forgiveness for sin by trusting alone in the person and work of Jesus Christ for that forgiveness. And when I was reading more about it, it reminded me of those scenes in movies or at churches when they're like, if you want to accept God in your heart now, like come up on stage and like share your story. Yes. Yeah. So, well, Christian testimonies from it's... When you've decided to give yourself to God, which okay. in the in a lot of Christian denominations, it's mm-hmm. called being saved, being saved, which means that you've decided that you're going to give your life to serving God. Uh-huh. And there's like a, a moment. Uh, the testimony usually comes after that. Okay. So like, yes, there's that thing where you're like, why did I come today? Why am I giving myself to God? And yeah. that is a moment. But mm-hmm. like the testimony for me feels more like someone's trying to promote their storytelling show and they're like, come <laughs> on, give us your life story. Yeah. Um, um, it's very much like, here's what, how my life was before I found God. Mm-hmm. Here was this click moment. And then here's my life now that I have found God. And and the, the having found God being like the button of the story of just like, everything's great. Peaches yeah. and roses. Is that a thing? It's a saying now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, totally. I, yeah, I Googled Christian testimonies and this article came up from Christianity Today and it was like top five testimonies of 2015. Oh my gosh. And it was literally these five people. So the reason it became so troublesome and like, yeah, and, and something I explored a lot is that I was raised as a Christian. Mm-hmm. I was right. Ra- like I was baptized when I was a you baby. You were just born into born it. Born into it. We yeah. were taught to believe in God. Like we mm-hmm. went to church, um, pretty consistently until I was like 11. And then when I was in middle school, I was like kind of given the choice whether or oh, not whether to, go. You to go. Yeah. So I would do like youth groupy type of things, but wouldn't really go to church as go much. The main one. Yeah. Um, but like I never had a moment in my mm. life. I was just born with God being part of my life. Right. Not, but you know, like born into that family. Yeah. And so when I was in college, I, when I was like exploring all these different church groups, one of the things they do is study groups, which like usually are separated by gender. It's like women's study group. Yeah. That's always interesting to me. So I was in a women's study group. My women's leader wanted all of us to do testimonies. Okay. And I just remember being like hearing these other women in the group and being like, they have such cool stories. They were talking about like the moment they knew God existed. Yeah. Like it was also like, it was compelling. Mm -hmm. I would have like, I would have read this book. This is great. Uh, They had a tough life. They like came to God. But for me, I was like, I can't think of a way to make this story interesting. Mm-hmm. One, although I would never have said it out loud, I yeah. didn't really know if God existed. And I was trying so hard to like figure out what that meant. I yeah. wanted so desperately to believe it. Yeah. I was like, how do you tell a story about something you're not even sure is true? Right. Two, I never had a moment. I was like, I don't know how to write a testimony about this. Yeah. And there was so much pressure on me to do it. And yeah. I think so it became like a fascination a little bit as I was like listening to other people's yeah. it never seemed relevant for me to give one. Now, if you were in that group and you just said, you know what? I haven't had that moment yet. What do you think people would be like, think harder or they'd be like, you know what? It hasn't happened yet. But the fact that you're here, you're on the right path. Well, that it yeah. was, I mean, I remember getting baptized again when I was like 15, mm-hmm. we did it in a lake. It was really cool. Oh, with a bunch of people? Yeah. Like, was, uh, I've seen so many movies. Where not like we were all like in white robes or anything. Yeah. <laughs> Everything I'm like, just, uh, yeah. just scenes from oh, movies. Oh, brother, that we yeah. all yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it was uh, the pastor stood in the water and then we would, we were in our bathing suits and we'd get in the lake and then they'd dunk us down into the yeah. water. And I remember it seemed really cool. Yeah. And I liked being in it's water. Big community so moment. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, like, oh, I love water. Cool. Sign me up. And it was actually a really big moment for my sister because my sister had been like going through a lot of shit 
Um, yeah. And so for her, we did it at the same time. It seemed very significant. She had like a story behind it, her coming back to the church mm-hmm. at that time. She would have been like 17. It was mo- monumentous. And I was just kind of following the path. Yeah. And so I told my... I heard there's water. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I get to be in a bathing suit and in water. Uh, Done. Count me there. in. <laughs> it's sunny outside. Yeah. In Seattle. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I told my youth, I told her that. I was like, I don't know that I have that interesting of a story. Yeah. And she was pushing me. Mm. Like, it's there. You can, you can find it. Like you have a good heart. Also, I'm a good storyteller and I'm a good writer. So it was like something she expected from me. And I was just like, this is so boring to me. What do I say? Uh, My parents were kind of nuts. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I didn't know what to write. It was just like, sure. Yeah. (laughs) You're like, um, uh, pass. (laughs) Yeah. But I think maybe it depends on church and groups you're in too. This group that I was in really pushed the testimony. Like that was a big part part. of their thing. What, um, church of Christianity were you under? (laughs) Shit. I don't what sector is that? Is it umbrella? Denomination. Denomination, right, right. right. Uh, I think it was probably non-denominational. I don't know oh, that okay. they correlated with any particular church. Yeah. Um, They're just kind of like becoming their own thing. Yeah. Non-denominational churches, Christian churches, is kind of like a blanket statement for anything that doesn't fall under like an evangelical or right. like sect of, of Catholicism Baptist or Baptist. Or like, yeah. Those Protestant. are all like stricter churches yeah. where I feel like non-denominational usually is like the cool kid church like yeah. the past there's like a uh, electric guitar in the worship oh, band oh like christian rock band kind of like um there's none around here but definitely like go to riverside and orange county there's like i think it's called solid rock Mm-hmm. Christianity or there's something it literally I think the logo is rock climbing towards a cross but it, it's huge it's like yeah. a institution it's huge buildings and it's like we call those mega churches mega churches yeah um <laughs> they are like a super cool one or uh it's or a that... very debated thing mega churches tend to be far less personal really? and that, well, that makes sense because they're so big like how can you know everybody yeah. it's uh troublesome because also mega churches really, really, really put a lot of emphasis on saving a lot of people and every, it's called saving people in every service. Uh And the testimonies are also a big way of getting people to come to God because it it, it feels like propaganda. And that's, I feel like I knew that when I was being asked for the testimony was like, I don't know how I can compel anyone to follow God. If my story has no, there's nothing to it. There's no catharsis. There's no big moment. Yeah. Um, and I think with mega churches, especially is like the numbers. It's all about the numbers. You want to get as many butts in the seat as it's possible. It's like Glenn Gary, Glenn, Glenn Ross. Like how many, how many of your friends did you bring in today? Yes. A hundred percent. Wow. Are they ready to give themselves to God today? And there's wow. these, it's so manipulative yeah. because it's highly emotional. And like, I feel like oh, even, yeah, if, even if ritual. you don't, yeah, the I've ritual to, of it, even if like, you don't believe in God, I could find myself crying in these services. Yeah. And anytime like, I go to a Catholic service, I, I get into it. Like, and I'm not Catholic. Mm-hmm. I've gone with friends or sometimes when I'm like traveling, uh, like when I was younger, I used to travel alone. So I would just like walk around cities and I don't know, I like churches. So I'll go in and if there's like a ceremony going, I'm like, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll just sit in the back and watch and yeah, they get into it and there's just, uh, I know with Catholicism, it's like just because they've been doing the same thing hundreds of years, like it's very weird and powerful and cool yeah. like being like, damn. There's an energy to it. Yeah. I mean, even if you're not sold on the concept of it, yeah. like there's a lot of people in a room breathing, breathing and feeling strong yeah. emotions. Like you're going to feel it. Yeah. If you have even the slightest bit of empathy, you're feeling all these yeah. emotions in these services. Yeah. And that's so like with mega churches is they really manipulate that. So with like the testimonies with the testimonies, and... there's always like a really cool band leader. My, <laughs> uh, one of my old friends who I uh, haven't talked to him in a long time, but he's like a band leader at a mega church. And he's mm-hmm. like a very attractive young male who's an incredibly talented musician. Yeah. Great storyteller too. Wow, so like he yeah. could get up on stage, he can talk for two minutes and have everyone in the band in tears and oh. like, and it gets everyone like sold in. And like, the thing is like, he really truly believes and feels those feelings. So like, I'm glad that he's, if he's happy, that's awesome. But it's hard when you're like, not sure. Yeah. And you feel emotional and you're like, well, yeah, I gotta have something to say. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you start to feel like the fly on the wall. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, I see it's working for everybody, but it's not. Yes. For me, like, you know what I mean? I feel like an outsider. I was conflicted for so long where yeah. I was just like, how am I not having these <laughs> great moments? Yeah. There's never been a moment in my life where I was like, oh, 
yes, I feel it. Today, <laughs> that sign came. Have you seen Jesus Camp? No, I need to see it. I've yeah. seen the trailer for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically like what you went through, but all of the kids are like five to seven and they're like crying. Yes. And they're like, I, it's not happening. What's, what am I doing wrong? Why am I not being blessed? And it's heartbreaking. And yeah. Because then the argument is also just like, try harder. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I am. I'm trying as hard as I can and I yeah. feel nothing. And then it's like how you're basically telling me my emotions are wrong. Yeah. 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 It reminds me of this acting exercise I had to do in college where basically we would all lie on the floor and put our bodies in weird positions to make our bodies to start tremoring. <laughs> And then through the tremoring, then we would release sounds. And it was just really about finding your voice and just exploring like the thing, the weird shit your body can do. Yeah. Um, But I remember like first starting it out, I'd get in the position and just sit there and be like, nothing's happening. And then the person next to me would be like, oh, tremoring. And then it's like, "Uh, okay, am I doing this wrong or whatever? And then finally the teacher's like, sometimes you just got to kickstart it. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know. That's when I think of when people are telling other Christians to push harder or whatever. It's like, just got to kickstart your faith. Yeah. I mean, it is like fake it till you make it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that the skeptics are the ones that are like me. It's just what I don't feel anything. And I don't know that I'm going to feel it if I keep going. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. What's the point in faking this? Right. Yeah. You want, you want so badly to be overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. And I also find it interesting how some people find faith later, um, you know, especially through going through hard times. And it's like, I understand how that can be, that can be serving. I think we all need something to believe in or a community. Uh, I feel like with improv, I'm like, oh, that's my church. I feel like therapy is church for a lot of people now. Yeah. It's like you just don't have to subscribe to anything. You just pay your money. And there's like a personal relationship, which is a huge part of what they sell in Christianity is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh. Which means like feeling so connected to this entity Mm -hmm. that like it's therapeutic, it's healing, it's you can close your eyes and pray and get answers. Mm -hmm. And so it is when you find therapy and you're like, oh, but there's an actual person in front of me yeah. <laughs> that I can connect with without it being like, am I just hearing my own thoughts? Am I hearing the thoughts of a greater being? Am I yeah. misinterpreting a situation? Right. Yeah. And also like to the point of improv is like, community is such a big part of church. Yeah. And the thing that people really love about it and also the reason why cults work is <laughs> because it's people really want to feel at home somewhere and like belong. they belong yeah. somewhere. And I yeah. think now, especially that I have this community Community that does feel this is my community. Yeah. Like yeah. the clubhouse does feel <laughs> very church like to me sometimes. Mm-hmm. These shows that UCB feel very church like to me at times. Yeah. And having deep conversations with friends to me feel more like a sermon than anything I could ever want from yeah. from church or that I ever got from church. Uh-huh. And that was another thing for me too, is I never felt at home in yeah. any of these places mm-hmm. is because I always felt like I was trying to fake it, you know? And yeah. so like, even when I was younger, hard. Yeah. yeah, it was bizarre. It was, I never really clicked in with a youth group. Yeah. I remember being like, we had the coolest church camp when I was mm-hmm. a kid and we would go every summer as a family. Well, my dad wouldn't go, but like we would, uh, it was called, shoot, I forgot the name of it, but, um, oh, no, thought I had it, <laughs> but it was this cool lake and it was like surrounded yeah. by mountains Beautiful. and we like stayed in it and mm-hmm. we were like, everyone got to be in cabins and the youth would always stay in one big cabin together. And okay. I would always be like, I want to stay with my mom. Oh, you're like, I don't like these people. I never yeah. like got close to them. Like yeah. the youth group leaders to me always seemed like fake and like there was just like a level of disconnect that I wanted it wasn't genuine yeah it wasn't genuine Mm -hmm. I wanted to feel what everyone else felt yeah but I just didn't I think you know going back to like the community of UCB or whatever I know there are people that try take classes and they go nope this isn't for me you know Mm -hmm. you just have to find your people and I think it is very interesting when families move to new towns the first place they usually go to is a church yep to make friends but then it's you make your friends and then you realize maybe your practices aren't what the church aligns to and Mm -hmm. then you feel guilty and bad yeah like I mean I wasn't raised Catholic so I don't have quite the intense 
Catholic guilt. guilt. Right. But <laughs> but it's there. Christianity it's always tells you you're a sinner up yes. top. They're like, you're a bad person. Yes. Jesus died for your sins. You must ask Jesus into your heart to be like, hey, man, thanks for doing that for me. <laughs> like, yeah. I, is that essentially what it is? Like, kind of. Yeah. I think the biggest difference between Catholicism and regular, or not regular, mm-hmm. but other sects of Christianity is yeah. that in Catholicism, you believe you have to talk to a, a priest to talk to God. Oh, like, like the priests the have the voice. Yeah. yeah. Like, and so that's why there's like confessionals and stuff. Okay. Whereas on the other sects of it is like you believe, the, those Christians believe you can talk directly to God. You could just pray anyway. Yeah. And you yeah. still have to confess your sins to God and you still have to do that, but there's no but like rigmarole yeah. of like going into church, talking yeah. to a designated person. Yeah. It's you direct, having a direct line to God. There's a, I'm so bad at Bible knowledge, but there is a, I think it was Easter. <laughs> this is probably so wrong. <laughs> There's an imagery of this curtain coming down, which uh-huh. in Catholicism, they didn't take that as a sign to mean that you now talk to God, but it meant that in other sects of Christianity is this curtain was the wall in between us and God. Because yeah. in the Old Testament, you did have to talk to a pastor okay. to talk to God. Yeah. But now in the New Testament, this curtain's gone. That means that we have a yeah. direct line to God. Interesting. Yeah. I wonder with Judaism, if they have to talk to somebody That's to a, talk I, to I, God. I wish I knew more about yeah. that, but I don't. I have to look into that. That's interesting. And to say what you were saying too with sin and all of that is the fear of hell is a very significant part of religion and like even though I've talked to some people who are raised Christian that weren't really instilled with fire and brimstone it's always kind of the undertone if you don't if you're not saved yeah you're not going to heaven. You're not going to heaven. And like, mm. it doesn't matter how good of a person you are or how good yeah. of a life that you live. If you haven't given your life to Jesus, then yeah. you will go to hell. And that's like such an an overarching theme. Mm-hmm. And like you, some places, I think probably in like Southern Baptist, and I was originally yeah. raised in Presbyterian. Those were, okay. that was kind of language they used. Was hell exists. Atone for your sins <laughs> so you don't go to hell. Yeah. I mean, there's the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. which... Some then, I feel like are very still very strict in our society, and then others are a little more like, eh, we we frown upon it. Or it's you interesting know. comparing moralism to sin. Yeah, like ultimate yeah. wrong. Yeah, because obviously mm-hmm. murder. Yeah, don't kill anybody. Is like murder, but sometimes it happens. Like that's a thing too. Was like I remember when I was growing up, learning mm-hmm. about soldiers and armies yeah. and things like that. I was like, does that mean that all of these people that have gone to war that have killed someone in the name of their country are going to hell? Yeah. What? Why do wars exist? Yeah. Why do soldiers exist? Why do we cheer on the army if they are the biggest there's, sinners there's of a all song, time? Onward, Christian soldiers. Yeah. So it's not starting like it is. It feels like it's morals and ethics versus sin and yeah. like that's kind of the debate that comes down to it is a lot of that stuff obviously respect your elders yeah duh I think but I think you should but respect so everyone people don't yeah yeah respect yeah uh, that should just be don't treat people like shit you know be nice person. I mean I love the golden rule which is have in every religion yep. treat people the way you want to be treated which yeah. is also so contradictory because it always felt like dude these people that are like going crazy ham wild on things of like yeah. especially with like queer people or mm-hmm. transgendered issues or abortion issues. It's like these people can really go to the darkest places in themselves and treat yeah. other humans like shit because yeah. they don't agree with them. And it's, aren't we all just supposed to be cool to each other? Yeah. I mean, it, it, hypocrisy is prevalent in Christianity as well as in atheism and everywhere else is, I mean, I'm part of communities that are fighting for civil rights and I see the way they talk about like shit on Christians and everything. And that was something doing this podcast today. I was I want to be respectful yeah, of this definitely. religion and not be like, this is why this is garbage or whatever. Because I feel like both sides will find the example of why this thing is wrong or flawed and then blow it out. Yeah. And that should be said too, is that all of these issues with like, especially with being disrespectful and angry and that is in every sect of religion and non-religion in the entire world. So it's not about, yeah, (laughs) I can understand the appeal and draw of Christianity. And Mm -hmm. I respect people that are, especially in our community, like the couple Christians that I know. I respect them. I feel like they're very quiet. I don't really know. I know one who's a Christian. Yeah, I know two, I think that I can think of. There's probably more that I don't know about, but yeah, it's quiet because I think people feel like they're going to be attacked for it. And I, that sucks. Yeah. Um, Faith is one of those things too, that is just so personal. Yeah. And that's another reason that I felt like Christian testimonies to me felt so manipulative because Mm -hmm. faith always felt like it was my own walk. I needed to figure this shit out for myself. I don't know how to write it into an essay. Talk to convert more people. Yeah. Yeah. I think faith was something, an aha moment I had later in life because, uh, 
uh, yeah, for the longest time, I was just like science and you yeah, know yeah, yeah. atheism. Or uh, I mean, I consider myself more agnostic of being. I'm just an idiot. I don't know. Yeah, like, I would say the same. like, hey, well, let's see if there's a party on the other side. You know. Yeah. Um, but I feel like I finally understood faith. Of oh, faith isn't this concrete. Here's the evidence. You don't need that, or may never have that to have faith in something. Right. You know. And I feel like that's just something that doesn't get talked about a lot. So I think a lot of atheists don't understand faith mm-hmm. and they just instantly, it's like kind of like meeting a bad vegan. They're like, <laughs> oh, you eat meat. And they instantly like just start shaming you. I think a bad atheist is they don't understand yes. faith and they just start shaming people and calling them ignorant or idiots. And so like understanding faith can help bridge the gap of everyone has something to believe in if they want to be a happy person. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think who the, who, who the fuck knows what's going on? What's well, the yeah. same thing. And like, it's having something that kind of fills in blanks for you. Mm-hmm. Like we don't know what we yeah. don't know. And it's crazy to me. I think because of the way I was raised and my experience in Christianity is what led me to understand that I'm not and that I yeah. don't believe in God. Mm-hmm. But like in saying that, I know people that have had a very different experience in Christianity and I can understand why for them it makes sense. It clicks Mm. into their life like these things are. And I don't shame or disrespect them for it. Mm. I think my biggest struggle is when people think that they have to change someone else. Like, yeah, it's so hard Mm -hmm. to give someone the experience you can't give someone the experience of faith yeah totally and, yeah. yeah and that's yeah and i think what you're saying about mega churches is it sounds like they are trying to give the experience of faith mm-hmm. by hearing all these stories and getting emotionally caught up in the moment and it's a lot you of know, churches are pretty too there's <laughs> lights and i love the stained glass and i feel like churches have a very specific like smell to them i don't know if they all like buy the same candles or something <laughs> but it feels different it feels like you're walking into a different space. Mm-hmm. So I could it's, see people getting wrapped up in that. Totally. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of positivity to it. I think that the people that I, I mean, I am thankful for the way I was raised in the sense that I am a very like empathetic, compassionate, understanding person. And I think I learned a lot of that through church and like mm-hmm. through the relationships with people there. I also learned a lot of what not to do through that. And I think yeah. that I'm glad that I'm the person I am and I don't have, I'm not mad about yeah. that. And I think that that's true for a lot of people is yeah. like that, but I, it's also hard with when you believe that your sect of religion is the only way to learn moral uh, morals and ethics. And and all of that is when it becomes troublesome because it's like, I also know wonderful, empathetic, compassionate people that were raised without religion. Yeah. And so it's clearly not the only way to get it. Yeah. But I am thankful for it. Certain churches do set up us and them. We're on the right side. Everyone else is sinners and going to burn in hell. And then there are churches that are like, no, we need to help everybody. We're all flawed, but let's try to be the best selves that we can be. Yeah. Um, I think one of the breaking points for me was... If you have to be saved in order to get to God and Mm -hmm. to get to heaven, then that means that every single person on earth that you know that is not saved is going to burn in hell. Yeah. And if that is true, Mm -hmm. then I don't understand how you could do anything else in your life. That would keep me up at night. It would be literally every conversation I had because my fear is that we are spent, you are going to spend an eternity in hell. Yeah. But that's not how it is. Mm-hmm. And then, and I mean, it is with some people. Some people are some people so believe that. By that. And I remember as a kid asking questions from Christians and being, but the animals go to heaven, right? Or what about the babies that haven't been saved and this? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. And then there are ones that are flat out like, no, animals don't go to heaven. Mm-hmm. No. If animals you haven't been souls. saved, you don't go, you know. Or suicide. That was one that really suicide. ate away at me. Yeah. Well, another one that got me was, well, what if you get saved and then you become a monster? You get into heaven? Well, you've been saved. Yep. Yeah. So there's a lot of like Or the opposite, policies. which was something when my dad died, I struggled with a lot, was mm-hmm. that my dad was not Christian and not a very great person. Yeah. And I was like, that guy could end up in heaven if like on his deathbed, he was like, yeah, he was like, Oh, I believe in God. I give my life to you. <sighs> like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Seriously. That guy sucked. Like his life's like, he wasn't it. <laughs> like, yeah. But you no, know, like that's a thing where a lot of people on their deathbeds have a pastor come or something and they say they're, and it killed me because I was like, I got to live my whole life being strict to this religion. When you could just, when I could, out. yeah, <laughs> I could just pick it on my yeah. deathbed. Come on. This yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense to yeah. me. <laughs> 
But then the other thing is, do you know about blasphemy? Uh, no. Go on. <laughs> blasphemy is considered the only unforgivable sin. Okay. And at least in what I was raised in. Mm-hmm. And it is that you know God exists, but you deny his existence. Okay. So it would be me being like, God's real. And then trying to impress a friend and being like, there's no God. That oh. means I'm going to hell. Oh, just in that, because of that one moment and you can't on your deathbed be like, Hey, I, I did this one thing once. Uh, I was just trying to impress to cool. a date. <laughs> yeah. I, that kept me up at That's night so much because I was like, that seems so easy to do. So easy to do. And I questioned so much. Yeah. I remember being in high school and I was part of a youth group and I remember I never, I was so afraid to say my doubts out loud because what if it was blasphemy? Uh, what yeah. if I ended up in hell because of it? Yeah. And then when I asked people about that, uh, in a less direct way, and uh-huh. they're, they were always like, you'll know. And like, you wouldn't say it because you would know that's what you were doing, yeah. which is like not an answer to me. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't know anything. Yeah. I could see that being a very harmless thing. You don't realize you're doing it. Let's say you have your religious friends and you have your non-religious friends and I don't know, they're like comedy people and you're doing bits and you know, you're doing yeah. scenes, just yeah. denying God's existence and well, going to hell now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. It's um, the scariest thing to me that that was so for yeah. 10 plus years, it haunted me. And I really, it really did take me a long play- time to get to the place mm-hmm. where I am now. Like even talking about this with you seems so scary to me because I wasn't sure for so long. Yeah. But I was like, what if I say that feeling out loud? And yeah. then I'm like, I don't know, I wouldn't be struck down, but like, what if I die? And they're like, well, there was that time when you were 28 years old and you told this Cassie podcast. Jerkins that you don't believe in God. <laughs> so like, bye. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know the, the idea of heaven and hell is so interesting and weird to me. It just seems so fake. I don't, and this, no disrespect or anything, but Mm. it just, and again, this is like, I think it goes back to like having faith and my logical brain is just like, there is no proof your body shuts down. When I was younger, I passed out once Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that's what it's like to die. Everything just shuts down. It's not like uh, I left my body for a moment or anything. Yeah. It's just like everything shut down and I was like, oh, that's, that's what happens. So I don't know, like the idea of like your soul fall of light and it goes up into the skies and gates well, and then fire. and I don't know, like there's just images. So maybe that's where my why I can't I get down on it is because of all the imagery and stories of pearly gates yeah. and what do you do up there? A lot do of down it. there, up, down, like that's yeah. interesting. It, I think from my understanding mm-hmm. is that the concepts of heaven and hell were presented as a way of teaching morals, uh-huh. that it was more about an idea of like, if you're a bad person, you will suffer. Yeah. And I think that, and it's that like you reap what you sow. See, I can get behind that in day-to-day life. I think I was like, if I was embezzling or if I was cheating on my partner, murdering people at night, you know what I mean? I feel like unless I'm a sociopath, I would suffer greatly for that in my day-to-day life. Yeah. Well, I do like my understanding of it and I could be wrong because I don't know what happened, you know, a thousand years ago, but I really feel those stories started being told similarly with Greek mythology as a way to teach kids morals and to like pass along stories Mm -hmm. because a lot of the the stories in the Bible are clearly fiction, um, which were taught as like big overarching moralistic stories of like, be good to your brothers and sisters, like don't cheat, don't steal and things like that. And I think the ideas of heaven and hell were like, you will live a good life if you're good to other people, right? you will live a bad life if you're bad to other people. And I still feel like, you know, on Facebook where it's like, what's your religious views for for like 10 years? I don't know if I've had Facebook that long, but like it was always you reap what you sow. Yeah. Because you can type in like what you yeah and I still believe that like overall and it's kind of that idea of karma too it's just like if you're uh, a good person energy what kind of energy are you putting out yeah Yeah. so I think I also find and I always found the idea of heaven and hell very troublesome to me because it was just like I don't I don't see how if you died and you went and and God did exist Mm -hmm. and you knew that you wouldn't immediately dedicate your life to that why do I need to be punished for my maybe 75 years and on (laughs) earth and then have I an eternity of suffering don't commit sins that they should be punished forever mm-hmm. i mean if you look at the court systems of sentences people get 
here, you know, versus uh, hell. And that's when the hardcore extremist religious viewpoints where it's, oh, you did this one thing and didn't atone for your sins, fire and brimstone, you know. Yeah, isn't it a wild concept too? Because like if eternity exists, then the oh, 80 sounds- years that we're on earth are not even it's a like a test. Yeah, yeah. of our existence. Mm-hmm. So why would, and we live in a world where there are yeah. hundreds of different religions and every type of person you can imagine. And yeah. every, there's so many moments in our life where we have to make really quick judgments and decisions. Like yeah. it's insane to me that when we're born with zero knowledge whatsoever, that mm-hmm. we are then trying to determine the rest of our life. That's ah. crazy. <laughs> yeah. I wish, uh, I wonder what it would have been like for Christianity if they had doubled down on these are stories, because I think something that's hurting them now with science and atheism becoming more like prominent in the in the last few years is going out and trying to find scientific evidence that these stories did actually happen and like denying the existence of dinosaurs and it's like i I don't know it's i think if they were like these are just stories and have faith that's religion i think they would have a much stronger case point than them being like i see articles where they're like we found where we found noah's ark or like we found where this happened jesus's blood or yeah yeah yeah. it's an interesting (sighs) (laughs) i mean it sucks because i think that religion is such a huge cause of war and it's a huge cause of disparity between families and countries yeah politics politics and I think it's because of that stringentness, like mm-hmm. being so stringent when like the idea of like you were saying the golden rule pops up in just about every religion. Yeah. And a lot of the stories actually like cross over in different yeah. religions. Yeah. There's and I th- different uh, similar messiah stories or. Yeah. Yeah. And numbers. If we all numbers. just. Yeah. It's like the number three is like in every. Yeah. And seven. Seven. Yeah. Um, if we. Yeah. I mean, there's obviously nothing we can do about it now. <laughs> Um, but if, if there was more of that appreciation of these being moral lessons, I think the world would be a very different place, but because there are religious extremists Mm -hmm. and it's a select few that's kind of tarnishing every side of whatever. And they speak the loudest. So it's hard to like, Mm -hmm. when there are really wonderful, great Christian people out there, there's really great Muslim people out there. There's really great atheist people. And like, the problem is that everyone thinks they've got it right. Yeah. Which I guess I think is the beauty of like agnosticism is like being able to be like, I'm not sure. And I'm willing to listen to what you have to say, because that's kind of how I feel. Don't make me subscribe to it. Yeah. Like I want to hear. Yeah. Yeah, And I maybe one part of that fits into my beliefs and I can take that and I can use it for myself. But I also I don't know. I believe so much in science and I believe so much in science. Yeah, (laughs) me too. And I believe so much in that we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. And I think just knowing that we can't even access all of our brain and that yeah. we can't even see everything in the world. The like universe. our eyes aren't good yeah. enough to see what's in front of every, like everything that's in front of us. Yeah. Of course we don't know what's going on. Yeah. It's just like, I don't, some part of me is excited by not knowing everything and yeah. that's okay. And yeah. I think it's hard when you have to have answers for everything. Mm-hmm. And it sucks also in religion when you have questions and people won't let you ask them. Which yeah. I think there are really great Christian pastors out there that are like willing to have the conversation. Yeah. Like I there's, got lucky. There's some nerdy ones out there, I'm sure. Yeah, I got lucky when I was in Seattle. Shout out to Emma Donahue, <laughs> who was this dope female pastor. That's that awesome. She led a group called Pub Theology, and we yeah. would just meet at a bar and we would talk about theology. See. I, I would be down for that. I would go now. That sounds amazing. Yeah, it's so cool because although she was a United Methodist pastor and a Christian person, she was so open to every religion and everything that was going on. And I had yeah. these incredibly like thoughtful, thought-driven conversations where I was allowed to ask questions mm-hmm. and everyone was allowed to doubt and we didn't have to agree at the end of the night. Yeah. Like we never really thought we were going to leave with the answers to the world, but we right. were able to think about things from a bunch of different perspectives. That's awesome. And I think that those are the kind of conversations they should be having in church where it's mm-hmm. kind of like, we don't know for sure, but we want to let you know what we believe in and we want to help you guys and feed our community. And yeah. I use a lot of Christianese still. Feeding is a word oh, that oh, they really? use in Christian a lot. We call it Christianese. Is that because of the fish and bread? I think that might be where it comes from. Mm-hmm. It's like feeding your soul. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, and also taking communion. And does all Christianity um, do that? Yeah. I know Catholicism like does it like every time and you yeah. have to be. It depends. Uh, I went to a variety of different churches yeah. uh, after we left Presbyterian. Presbyterian, I think we did it once a month. Okay. 
Um, and then I believe I might be wrong. Um, and then the other ones, it felt like a special event. Like yeah. we would have communion some, when like, someone was getting baptized. Okay. Yeah. And I know some will only do it Christmas Eve. Yeah. So that was yeah, the other. I went Easter. to one with my friends on Christmas Eve. We had communion. Yeah. It's also in, in Catholicism, they use wine, uh-huh. which <laughs> we, we use grape juice everywhere else. <laughs> oh, okay. um, uh, it was so funny. I went with a friend to a Catholic church once when uh-huh. I was like seven or something like that. She was Catholic and yeah. I didn't know. And I was <laughs> like, like grape juice time. Yeah. And I remember <laughs> trying wine and just being like, what is this garbage? <laughs> yeah. It's just like poison. <laughs> I know. Kids trying alcohol for the first time is very funny to me because the first reaction is gross. How do you enjoy this? Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> I'm just like, give me all the crackers and the crackers are so small that it doesn't yeah. actually take the flavor like, of the wine like away. <laughs> give me all of Jesus's body. Are you going to finish that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what do you know about like, angels and demons? Isn't that a big thing? Yeah. Okay. Um, it's so interesting because it depends on who you talk to in Christianity of like what they believe. Um, Mm -hmm. my mom and sister, especially, and I don't know if they still do, but I remember in high school is they really believed that angels and demons were among us. And like going back to like being, not being able to see everything is like, there was a, Oh, fuck, I forgot the word. There's like, um, I guess you could call it like a gift that some people had that you could see like the ESP spiritual or, realm. Okay. Yeah. And I guess kind of, it was like being clairvoyant. Like mm-hmm. you were just, there was a screen lifted in front of you and you could see the spiritual realm among right. the human realm. And so they believe that demons existed. And my sister had like multiple supernatural experiences when oh, we wow. were kids. Uh-huh. And now as an adult, like I, kind of believe in ghosts a little bit and I don't cool. know if that's what it is but I kind of feel like that might be what she yeah. saw mm-hmm. at the time we interpreted it, it was demons do you remember what she saw man there was we so we weren't allowed to watch scary movies when we were uh-huh. kids and because my mom always thought they like brought evil spirits into our house sure bad juju yeah, yeah. and uh, I think we had bought we had rented a movie at Blockbuster Ooh. and it was like <laughs> <laughs> it was like a scary movie and I was I loved I couldn't watch them but like the two I saw when I was a kid I loved yeah uh, the others was the first scary movie oh, I ever saw. Oh, is that the one um, with the mask? Um, or is that Nicole Kidman? Nicole Kidman. Okay, never mind. Yeah. And thinking of strangers or the one where like they're wearing masks and they just like go into it's like a home invasion. Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't part of me I've wants to see it and then it terrifies me i'll look it up Keep yeah um so i'd seen the others at a friend's house and then i was like you guys we gotta watch this it's like we loved watching thrillers so i was like why not some thrillers my mom was also sensitive to that but we i think i brought it into the house and we like watched the beginning of it and then my sister saw creatures outside of our house on the street oh yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, then we like yeah. couldn't finish it and i remember just being like this is bullshit like i want to watch this movie again oh like <laughs> you were just starting to watch it and then and she was like, I see. They were both really freaked out by it. And she like saw them outside of our house. And then so then. That's scary. I don't know about that. But that happened on different occasions or. I guess she had seen things more than once. But I, I think she's just very tuned in to like supernatural shit. And I don't know if it is. I yeah. still don't know what, how yeah. I feel about that or what it is. But so. yeah, it, it is interesting that some people. The movie's called The Strangers 2000. Oh. <laughs> I really want to see it, but I'm also terrified. It has Liv Tyler in it. Ooh. Scott Speedman. But yeah, there does. There seems to be people that maybe have dreams and then the next day or like down the road, people they meet in their dreams, they meet in real life yeah. or like they have That's permissions. Yeah. Before. yeah. Yeah. Um, a few months ago, I had this weird thing where like, it was happening for a couple weeks. Anytime I was looking at a picture of somebody, they contacted me, which was weird because there was one where I was just like, oh, I just want to look at this picture of my brother holding these two cats because it makes me smile. And I was just looking it up and then he messaged me and I was like, that was weird. And then, yeah, just other things where I was like working on something and then that was weird. But I don't know why it's all happening at once. But, you know, that's sort of things that I feel like we can't explain them. So the idea of people being open is interesting to me. And yeah, again, I can't be like, there are no ghosts there are no angels or demons yeah i mean it's an interesting because i remember some people didn't really believe that like christians didn't believe that there were like angels and demons on earth it was not really a thing that they thought they were like did they think the angels were up in heaven and the demons were yeah or or even that like angels was kind of just like a concept that story it was a story oh okay okay. or that they might be in heaven and yeah but there's also like two different beliefs that angels are humans come humans turn into angels or that angels are just created in heaven yeah yeah you die and you grow you get your wings right yeah like i most of what i was taught was that we don't we don't humans don't become angels 
Oh, that they're, they're just like another entity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so very interesting. I remember too, which I've talked about this multiple times when speaking about like being haunted and stuff. Cause I also think I used to be like way more aware of a supernatural presence and stuff. Yeah. Like I like felt like I knew, I don't know, maybe a little bit. Yeah. Um, I could see that. I could also, uh, see shutting yourself off to it just for survival reasons. Oh, for sure. It's terrifying. Like, <laughs> Oh, I, I signed a year lease and my apartment's clearly haunted. I'm just going to shut myself yeah, let's off. Pretend we it. didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, um, but when I was a kid, I, we were taught, I mean like ghosts weren't a thing that existed. It was like angels, demons, whatever. And then I remember basically every single night. Yeah. Um, all of our bedrooms were upstairs. My bedroom was above the kitchen area. Every uh-huh. single night I could hear the chairs at the kitchen table being pushed in uh-huh. and everyone heard it. My whole family acknowledged that it was there, but my mom was like, the angels are having a meeting, <laughs> which I, was, love it. I guess like calmed me when I was a kid. And that, yeah. but, but every time I reflect on it as an adult, I was like, our house was fucking haunted <laughs> because also things went missing all the time. Yeah. And really. like little things would just be like gone. And uh-huh. my mom would always be like the borrowers are taking them yeah the angels just needed it yeah jesus asked for it well the bar do you remember the movie the borrowers oh no it was this uh it's all these tiny little people that like live in the walls of houses so they need little things so they would yeah they would like come out and steal like a thimble and that would be their chair borrowers they're stealers yeah basically (laughs) but i was i remember that being like kind of silly to me when I was a kid but I was also like why is shit going missing yeah that's terrifying our house was haunted yeah <laughs> I like Mom. wish I could go back and be like explore this more you, no one lives there that you know no no we sold our house when my parents got divorced got it got it got it weird. it's just but such yeah, a people, weird some people like, are, they have those stories of yeah hauntings yeah so there's also I think we were taught a little like told that we ha- everyone had a guardian guardian angel that there was someone that yes. was assigned to them to mm. look over them what a nice it's concept. a sweet wonderful yeah. thought I like the idea of it still yeah in like a romantic way mm. but I also think like with Christianity and with that kind of concept is that people don't really take responsibility for themselves uh, because they're expecting their angel or Jesus to like save them. Yeah. And I think sometimes you got to own up. You just got to take care of it yourself. Yeah. Like, and if, if angels and Jesus exist, they're clearly not human standing next to us. So like they got maybe, shit to do. <laughs> maybe they're the ones giving us the power to take care of things. Uh, okay. And I think that that was one thing that frustrated me where I was mm. like, if God exists, then he certainly had a hand in like teaching scientists to make modern medicine. Yeah. So we should use modern medicine. We shouldn't just be praying over people who are sick because we have this because of God. (laughs) And going off praying for people to get better and everything is a thing I hear when, you know, someone suddenly passes is Christians will say, oh, God needed them. That was like the excuse, like excuse. That's not a nice way to put it. But yeah, like, you know, if someone young dies, it's like, oh, God needed them. Wait, why? Why did they need this very young person? But with that, with saying that, it's like, oh, but you're praying for this person. But if God needs them, then the praying is absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I that never no one ever really had a good answer for death. Yeah, especially unexpected death. One thing that always bugged me and I was mm-hmm. never OK with was people saying that everything happens for a reason. Yeah, because it people was like, no, like crazy, chaotic shit happens. And it's yeah. for no reason whatsoever other than like there are monsters in the world. The road was icy, whatever yeah. it was. I think. I think there's good can come from really, really bad situations. And it has, it has for me, it has for a lot of people, but those happen that that good stuff happened because of the reason not the bad thing didn't happen for that good stuff to happen. Like Mm -hmm. I could still have good stuff in my life if bad shit hadn't happened to me before. Totally. And so I think it's, it's a way to like excuse it. Yeah. Especially when kids die really young or like you lose your loved one. It's, it feels like that's a way of comforting, Mm -hmm. but it does to me, it was never comforting. It It was just like, I can't believe that you're telling me that I birthed the child or I found the love of my life all for them to die all so I could get this great job in (laughs) South Africa or whatever. It's like, no, that's terrible. That's a terrible thing that happened. Yeah. Everyone (sighs) has bad shit that happens to them that we have no control over. And I don't think it's comforting to be like, I think the greatest comfort is just like that fucking sucks. Yeah. I think that's (laughs) something I need today and definitely needed as a kid is when shit like that happened, I needed to freak out about it. Yeah. And I needed other people to freak out for a moment. Just let all those emotions out and just be like, life is insane. We have no, like, yeah, like just acknowledge it sucks. 
sucks. And then after a while, you're like, okay, feel better. I mean, because also going back to science is when tragedies happen in your life, the shitty, beautiful thing is like, we're dumb humans and time heals it. It's your emotions, yeah. get over it, or you forget and memories become cloudy. And that's that's a very animal thing. Yep. I know cats have short-term memory and stuff. It's yeah. And addiction is very prevalent, I think, in Christianity because really? of... It, it not getting better afterwards mm -hmm. and like you thinking you're doing something wrong like it's easy to uh, numb I think, feel like alcoholism and drug abuse become very common from things like uh, especially with painkillers mm -hmm. like I, I knew a handful of like older ladies that were like hooked on painkillers yeah. because they got in an accident or something mm -hmm. and then that became their way of coping with things that were happening in their life that were bad okay and as you know we have a huge opiate problem in the United States because oh, yeah. of the over prescribing of prescription drugs and that mm. I feel like that's part of it is like we just like they never were allowed to be like that sucks so much yeah that you got into a car accident that sucks that you lost your husband or whatever it yeah. is and then like these people just can't Not deal with their good emotions. isn't coming from yeah. it and then it's like what do you do with it so then they find these drugs that make everything feel great for a while mm -hmm. or at least yeah. feel nothing feel nothing damn but I think something positive about some Christian mm -hmm. sec like denominations or whatever is the willingness to progress with times yeah, and develop coping strategies. And cause I think that was a disconnect happening maybe 20 years ago when their churches started realizing people are really not coming to church anymore. And they're just like writing it off and everything It's Oh, because we're still stuck in these old times. How can we be more like open and progressive and inclusive of all types of people? Yeah. Um, which, and the Pope today, I think is considered super liberal with some of the choices he makes. Yeah. I was going to say, we have a really great Pope for yeah. that. Who's yeah. being like, no, look what's going on in the world. We can't keep pretending like it's the 1800s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's amazing. And, and I think that's headed in the right direction of, you know, I think it's important to remember at the end of the day, it's built, it's about building a community and whoever is in your community is in your community. Let's work to accept them and understand them. Um, and giving help when it's asked for, not forcing it on people. I yeah. think that's huge. Some churches are really great at that, at being complicit and like, is that the right word? Uh, just like waiting and like, yeah, we're here. We're here. You're ready. Yeah. I'm paying attention. Mm -hmm. Come to me when you need me. Yeah. As opposed to seeking out troubled people can yeah. be very, it can be hard because also we don't know what people are going through. Right. And sometimes that is They're one, ready to talk one great thing about a lot of churches. It, it can be a place that you sit in the back row, you hear the sermon, you feel like I can make it through another week and you leave. You don't great. If that's all, it, whatever, if that's what yeah. it takes, that's awesome. Yeah. And then having that too, like the same thing with like the power of like 12 step programs and stuff like that is yeah. that having a person mm -hmm. and people there that are willing to listen to you yeah. and be like, yes, let's get coffee. I want to hear what's going on in your yeah. life. I want to offer you what I can. Yeah. And those were the best people in the Christian that I grew up around were the ones that were, were just, like, those are the people, the role models and people I yeah. want to be that yeah. were like, Oh, I'll take you out for food. Cause your family is fighting or like the yeah. ones that are just like, yeah, anytime you need someone to call, I was like, there was always that. Yeah. That's the, amazing. Yes. Yeah. That was a nice thing to have. Mm -hmm. And it was nice to know that that existed. And that yeah. is the beauty of community. Yeah. And yeah. I think probably by having that growing up, now you know when you're fostering friendships and relationships in this community it's oh I know when I need help I can reach out to people yeah. and I know the good people that will definitely open the door and pop open a bottle of wine or whatever exactly like, yeah, yeah um, and vice versa of knowing yeah. like how much I should give to someone yeah. and what they're asking for in that moment because yeah. I think that you learn that through experience of being mm -hmm. like, sometimes someone just wants you to listen to them. They don't yeah. want advice. They don't want you to tell them, tell right. you that they're right or yeah. they're wrong. Yeah. That was definitely something just as a person, uh, Mimo is, uh, <laughs> making his, <laughs> uh, part of the podcast. Yeah. But I think, and this is something I still work on, but anytime I am hearing someone be troubled, resisting, being like, it's okay, everything's going to be great. This is why mm -hmm. you're great. This is this is what we should do, blah, 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 blah. It's just, just, just like, that listen. that sucks. Yeah, just being <laughs> like, damn, yeah, I've been there. That's shitty, you know? Yeah. And I think by also being around those people, you, you're probably modeling that behavior without maybe necessarily realizing it, or you are. Totally. 
Um, and I think knowing like, I think some of my language for sure has come from Christianity and being raised that way is that I can also really find great things about everyone, which is nice. And Mm -hmm. I think that I'm better and better at being like, yeah, that sucks. But also knowing to be like, maybe this person just needs to hear that they're like a good person. Or maybe this person just needs me to shut the fuck up and let them cry on my shoulder yeah. or you know and it's or like maybe this person needs tough love because I've been watching this pattern of behavior for six months mm-hmm. or a year or whatever yeah and I yeah. think that's the positive of Christian community is the more you get to know these people and you share very intimate personal things going on in your life the mm-hmm. more you are equipped to help each other yeah and I think knowing I never had quite that experience but I know people that grew up in it or they like had that community always and it was mm-hmm. just like you knew for sure that ex at this church would be there for you at your beck and call like if something truly was wrong you had a support system Mm -hmm. that's huge like (laughs) if you hear that Mimo is going through a paper bag right now trying to sort the recycling yeah he has things to say about the (laughs) church of cats he agrees um yeah so I think yes yeah and that's so it's so nice I think that's so important like just for all humans to know they have at least you know a handful of people they know that anytime they could call and also one really cool thing yeah was there there was a level of the ability to have um anonymity which was prayer cards which i actually still think are so great yeah um the concept of them uh, a lot of churches i went to would have these little sheets like under the chairs in front of you and then you would just take them out you didn't have to write your name on it it was just like i need someone to be praying for my dad or i need someone my financial situation or whatever it was and then you just put it in the box, like a yeah, box. a box or the yeah. uh, collections basket. Oh, the collections. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like then you knew for sure that someone in the world was reading that and being like, I'm thinking about this problem and I'm yeah. praying about it. And I find that so comforting Yeah, because it's not, you don't have to really talk about it. And yeah. I think there's something so cathartic about writing out your problem yeah. and knowing that even if that person doesn't know it to you, someone yeah. in the world knows you're dealing with that thing. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. And I think that's also kind of the beauty of prayer is yeah. like it's just especially praying for other people it's just taking a moment of like being like that person's going through something yeah I don't think that prayer is the answer to problems but yeah. I think it's a really great support and if you have a moment in in my mm-hmm. life too I think about that with friends of mine if I know someone's going through something yeah I'll still just like take a moment and be like mm-hmm. I hope they're doing okay yeah which feels yeah. like a prayer for me like if I know people are going through things just shooting them a text message yeah. be like hey I'm thinking about you how's everything going or you know hope we can get drinks soon or coffee just like taking um, a couple yeah. like two extra seconds to hug them yeah yeah <laughs> I, yeah, and I even tried to, um, even if there's somebody maybe I haven't connected to in a while, just shooting a text would be like a funny picture or something. Because yeah, yeah, I think, totally. I think it feels nice to let people know you're thinking about them, and I always love it when I get random pictures of cats. Yeah. <laughs> and what you're talking about with prayer cards reminds me of uh, in a philosophy class I was taking, which was on otherness. Uh, we talked a lot about confession and how. Mm confession there's pros and cons to it there's this the great thing is it's there's a sense of relief you get uh you know you're no longer isolated so that's why confessions are so great and amazing but then the con is i think the idea of confessions got pushed too much on people to be like you must confess everything and scientology is a good example of tell us everything you've ever done wrong and we are going to document it and yeah and but i don't know but i think the idea of being able to stay anonymous is it helps that part of you that needs to confess but allows you to keep your um like what's the word your integrity because i think sometimes yes facebook's a great example you don't want to go on facebook and and write a whole diatribe of here's here's my monster today here's my monster tomorrow or like whatever yeah because then people start to view you in a certain light yeah they associate you with that yeah yeah yeah. but there's something nice of having a community to be like anonymously be like i'm going through this or you know those trusted individuals you can talk to to be like i'm going through this shit right now because sometimes it just does take writing it out or saying it out loud to let it go. Yeah. Because the way our brains work is that we keep playing the same tracks over and over and over and over again. Stupid brain. Yeah. Like (laughs) someone on our podcast was talking about 70% of the thoughts you have every day are the same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Was it you? (laughs) It might have been. It might have been Lisa. I don't think it was me. Um, But another fun thing about brains and moving chairs you were talking about earlier is there is a study on, um, let's say you have a, a dog, you know, growing like for years and years and you always hear the dog running up and down the hall 
hallway and then the dog dies, Mm -hmm. you'll hear the dog run up and down the hallway and that's just your brain playing. Filling in the silence. Yeah. Yeah. So with the chairs moving. Yeah. That might have been your brain. That's something I read too. Um, But it is interesting. Your family heard Yeah, we all heard it. (laughs) Uh, I read a study about um, emotions through the brain and like Mm -hmm. with hauntings as they were like looking at different places where people were like either they felt cold in a place or they saw uh, indistinct objects and they Mm -hmm. studied it and it all had to do with sound is that we uh, one of them was an office space where this one Mm -hmm. cubicle like whoever was sitting there felt just like depressed and like cold and overwhelmed and like just like wanted to go home sometimes even suicidal people would feel that there wow but not it was like a weird thing and so they like studied the room and found out that an air conditioner was a little bit broken and there was a high-pitched sound coming through that you couldn't hear but it was like triggering the emotional part of people's brains when they sat there as soon as they fixed the air conditioner everything was fine yeah i've also heard that with carbon monoxide yes Mm-hmm. that's very scary. It's so scary. To be like, I'm hallucinating. There's ghosts. Oh, I'm about to die if we don't get this taken care of. Yeah. It all yeah. had to do with sounds. And like, yeah. um, I think with the air conditioner, the air, the way it was moving was like creating a, a, like a shadow. And so from the corner of your eye, you would see something and it looked like someone was like going by, but it was just a shadow from the oh air, like hitting gosh. it, which is yeah. also scary. Yeah. Like, it's Shadows so, are scary. It's bizarre. And yeah. like, I like thinking about that too, is like, it's our brain sensing things that we can't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then our brains loving ghosts and being scared are like, it's ghosts. It's this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's number one rule to uh, tripping <laughs> on shrooms, especially, uh, or any drug is if you're starting to have a bad time, change your environment. Yeah. It's the easiest way to get out of something's feels weird. Oh, now I'm outside. Now I'm distracted or. Yeah. Well, I had this clear moment is when I moved into my apartment, the bedroom I moved into had like a very harsh white light in the Mm -hmm. thing above it. And I remember walking into the room and feeling instantly depressed. Oh. And I was like, oh God. And then I changed the light bulb and I was fine. I was like, oh, this feels great. And I remember the the guy that lived in that room before me was very depressed. And I was like, I wonder how much of an influence this light he had in his room was. I was just like, and I think about that so often is when you walk into an environment and you feel like off yeah as I try to take in what's going on around me because sometimes it is just an emotional thing but often it has to do with something in the environment either like clutter or clutter weird lighting yeah the spacing like I think that's why yeah feng shui ends up being so popular is because it is about how your body can feel at peace in an environment yeah one of the reasons why I was so sold on on this apartment living in is just the natural lighting I can open the windows and Boom. Where like part of me was thinking about getting a, trying to get a two bedroom here. One, they're not available because everyone (laughs) wants to live here. But two, uh, I was like, oh, but I think I would lose some of the windows. And I really like this specific one because of the amount of windows. And yeah, it's great. It's very important to me to have sunlight and vitamin D. I'm one of those people that I think if I lived in Seattle, I probably wouldn't do so well. Most people don't. Yeah. (laughs) We're meant to have sunlight. Um, okay. I have one last question for you. Okay. Can you explain the father, the son, the Holy ghost, the Holy Trinity is, I know it's it's a weird concept. It's a weird, they're all the same, but they're not, or I'm going to give, I, this might be completely butchered. I'm just going to give my understanding of it. Um, I always like to try and grasp it. (laughs) From what I understand is that God is the father. Okay. I don't think that God has a physical body and I don't think he ever has. Okay. Um, and then the son would be Jesus Christ, who is in part God, right? but had a physical body. I think that the Holy Spirit <laughs> yeah. is the other half of that. The Holy Spirit is the other part of God that doesn't inhabit a, a physical body. Okay. So like if you were going to say half of God is Jesus, the other half is the Holy Trinity. I think I think that's a very dumb basic way to look. I think God is the tip of the triangle. Okay. And then the son is Jesus Christ and the other half is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now is the Holy Spirit always present? I think so. Okay. I think the Holy Trinity has a lot more to do with Catholicism. So yeah. we didn't learn much about it. Um, well, I know it's a very, just reading up and remembering about the Holy Trinity, the 
yeah, the Holy Trinity, is it is a very complex philosophical idea that mm-hmm. a lot of denominations are like, we'll mention it, but we're really not going to sit down and break it down because it is, it's a mind fuck, basically. It's really confusing too, because yeah. technically Jesus is the son of God, but he is God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is very confusing. Yeah. And God abandoned him. <laughs> and made him be like, but hey, you got to go down there. And- well, he abandoned him when he was uh, on the cross. Oh. He like had to turn his back on his son because his son was with sin. Wait, why was he with sin? Because the sin of all the people? Yeah. So he couldn't look at his son. That was another thing that blew my mind. God can't see sin. So if you're a sinner, he can't see you. Yeah. You're invisible to God. So Which that's, is why you have oh, to be that's saved. that's why you have to be saved. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. I just thought God was always watching. It was like Santa Claus or whatever. I mean, that is another part of it yeah. too, is the omnipresent, yeah. omnipotent, like all powerful. <laughs> the question that always comes up is if God is... Omnipresent or... Uh, omnipresent. Omnipotent is he? Oh yeah. Can he move? Can he build a rock that he can't move? Oh, it's all very. Uh, I think from what I understood of it was that so when Jesus was on the cross, he took on the sins of every human on earth. Yeah, that's why he died for. That's your why he sin. died for your sins. But he, because he did that, God could not acknowledge him at that time. Like he couldn't help him. So he was abandoned. He was left alone without God on the cross and he just had to suffer for our sins. But you know what? That's a great example to be like, if you're not saved, that's what your life is like. Yes. But it was also supposed to be a changing moment too. Like because of that now, John 316 for God to love the world that he gave his one and only son. Oh yeah. That's like the most popular verse. Yeah. It's on the bottom of all the in and out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Enjoy your burger. Yeah. Uh, So him doing that meant now that all we have to do is give our life to God in order to be saved. Whereas before it was, I think, much more complicated. And I think maybe now, maybe now God can see us because we have that option and it's just like, but I don't completely understand it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's like really getting into it is the whole break of Jesus in the New Testament and how that really changed religion. And I think the thing that always confused me with Christianity and why I kind of was like, my logical brain was like, I don't, I can't get behind this is because every denomination views it differently Yeah, and has a different interpretation and picks, you know, your certain verses and everything. Yeah. Even the concept of what you do when you get up to heaven. Like I always thought like, oh, it was a big party. Yeah. Or like like, what a prayer is. Yeah. Yeah. Is also something that changes Mm -hmm. per denomination. Yeah. it's, It's confusing. It is. It's a major part of America. And I think it reflects a lot of why we are the way we are now. Even people that aren't religious, how we view sex and gender. I think the the key is just know that we don't know and find the things that work for you. But also don't condemn those who don't believe the same things. Be a nice person. Be a nice person. Be nice to everyone. (laughs) Be on to others as you want to be treated. Yes. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having (laughs) me. This was really nice. And that's our episode. Hope you guys liked it, found it interesting, maybe even learned some stuff you didn't know about Christianity. I know I did. Also, a thing uh, that I learned about that I didn't talk about that I want to mention is that currently some churches are providing sanctuary for refugees uh, because the U.S. has a policy for staying away from what they call sensitive locations like schools, hospitals, and religious institutions. So I think it's really awesome that some churches are making the political stance and providing safe havens for people that need help and that some people are trying to get kicked out of this country. Uh, Churches have also been key players in the past with the Underground Railroad all the way till like the 1980s. Churches were providing sanctuaries for people running away from civil wars in South America like El Salvador. So churches are good. We're all flawed. You know, we're all trying to do our best. Let's just love and respect each other and whatever we believe, whatever we have faith in, it's what we believe and what we have faith in. We can still be friends. And just to remind you, check out Veronica's podcast, Who We Used to Be, on What's the Creative Network, and you can follow her on Twitter at VTown. V for Veronica Town. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Cassie Jerkins. Please rate and review this podcast on iTunes, and if you're shopping on Amazon, why not go to boardwalkaudio.com slash dumb nerds and click that support our artist button. It'll take you straight to Amazon and you can shop like you normally would. Bye. This has been a 
been a Boardwalk Audio podcast. For more information and shows, visit BoardwalkAudio.com. Don't forget to rate and subscribe now.